0: You're listening to The Humaning Podcast, with real conversations as we call bullshit on everything capitalism, the patriarchy, and white supremacy culture has duped us into believing about self-care, mental health, fitness, wellness, and all things life. I am Steph Galante, and I created this show to support badass people doing solidarity work in pursuit of disrupting these systems in their lives and communities. Together, we'll discuss how systems of oppression are keeping us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and each other, and how to best support you in creating more aligned self-care practices that will help you human more easily. It's the shit we need to talk about. hey, hey, welcome, welcome back. I hope that this moment in time finds you in a space where you can ground or uplift or create a little bit of openness, maybe slowness for yourself, a little ease. And I hope that you have something comforting with you that puts you at ease uh, as you settle into this episode. The shit we're talking about today is the fact that your future well being depends on you tuning into yourself and living in tune with yourself in developing a self awareness, right? Checking in with yourself, noticing what is going on, and then doing something about it. Now, I understand that this as all of our conversations are is a nuanced conversation because there's a lot of shit going on in the world that we are all dealing with and also affecting us differently based on our identities and how we walk through the world and which or how many of our identities are marginalized and so please understand that that is does not you know fall to the wayside for me at all that is front and center of course from the way I move through the world as well and so please know that this is not you know, independent of all the shit that is wrong in our society and all the ways that, um, you know, well-being and wellness is not accessible to everyone. So I just want to name that. Um, But regardless or and with all of that, this remains true. We must tune into ourselves and we must live in tune with ourselves. And the thing of it is, we are not taught how to tune into ourselves from a young age, at least not here in the U.S., from my understanding. From a young age, think about it. Uh, if ever you fell when you were little, two, three, four years old, if you can remember back that that far, um, or maybe you know people who... Um, have raised kids or maybe you're a teacher you've been around it I'm using children as an example because not that you have to have children because that's not an expectation in my mind Um, what happens if a child falls oftentimes an adult will say you're okay it's okay and basically makes the decision for the child that it's okay Sometimes you might see the child kind of process that moment where they're having an experience that they're not sure of what happened. Maybe sometimes things are a little shocking, right? If you fall unexpectedly or something happens unexpectedly. And sometimes we want to cry. Sometimes we want to scream out. But imagine you're trying to process and then someone tells you you're okay, You're okay, you're okay, you're okay. Dust it off, shake it off. It doesn't really give you the space to actually finish processing what was going on. And because it usually comes from somebody who you trust, then you're like, okay, then I must be okay because this person who I trust told me so. Now, I understand that, you know, it's good intentioned, right? Of course. But it takes away the agency of that person even if that person is just 2 or 3 years old because the reality is we are practicing or should be practicing agency and autonomy over ourselves from a from a young age from the beginning right that's why babies cry when they have to communicate and you have to figure things out you know like i i would guess also animals are the same way Dogs are the same way, right? Where they can't communicate, but you're trying to figure out what's going on with them and they're telling you in the ways that they can without being able to verbalize. But what happens is with this type of behavior in so many other situations that have nothing to do with children or childhood, um, you know, we are basically taught to look outside of ourselves for information about ourselves. We are taught to bypass ourselves and thus even it ends up to gaslight ourselves when the, what we're experiencing, you know, doesn't fall in line with what culture, culture or society, dominant culture says is normal or good or right, right? So often, we are put in timeout if we are upset about something or mad about something. Um, you may not have grown up in that, um, in that era of timeouts. Maybe your uh, caregiver's response to you being upset or angry or even sad was something else. And so I, you know, we are not taught how to deal with our emotions, co- you know, how to cope with them, and even, not even just cope with them, but how to experience them. And we also are not taught how to get information from ourselves and do something about it, right? Because if we're tired, we have to still go to school. Or if we're not feeling well, we still have to go to school. You know, all of these things. And again, this is very surface, very general. But there are tons of other uh, examples that I could give that I don't want to take up a lot of time to. And that's all harmful because we then take these these practices, these coping mechanisms with us into adulthood. So when I talk about tuning into ourselves, whether that is to a one-on-one client or I am giving a talk somewhere or I'm leading a workshop, people express how difficult it is for them to tune into themselves. Not just tune in, really what they mean is actually meet themselves where they are. Because oftentimes, we are experiencing that we are tired. We are experiencing that we are hungry. We are experiencing that we need to go to the bathroom. We are experiencing that something's not quite right. We are experiencing we need some rest. We are experiencing that uh, we need a hug. We are experiencing so many things that we are not giving to ourselves in the moment because we are too busy, go, go, going, doing the responsibilities, taking care of others, and taking care of ourselves when we can, if we can, right? If we're lucky enough to have access to resources and support. But what we're seeing is it's not enough, right? It's not enough. And the effects of bypassing and also gaslighting ourselves are enormous and far-reaching and deeply, you know, rooted. What we really need to do is tune in and live in tune with ourselves. Understand, you know, where we are and what we need. Create boundaries around what does not serve us, and also what does so we can do more of what does. We need to understand how white supremacy, culture, capitalism, cultural conditioning, old traumas are showing up all over our self-care and our relationship with self-care. It's important for us to understand also our energy, our natural energy and our energetic needs, and how all of that is impacted by the season. we also need to rest more (laughs) because often we're calling out for rest and we are just ignoring that and so something you've been hearing me say a lot in past episodes is you know understanding how nature is affecting you of tuning into yourself and understanding um, how you are feeling day to day and what your needs are and how that shifts and so one of Ayurveda's guiding principles is living in tune with nature and that is nature outside the door as well as your nature because we all have one right we all have an energetic dominance that either allows us to be calm steady maybe slow moving maybe resistant to change or allow and and also have great immunity Um, that's kapha energy more pitta energy, those people who are fiery, who are passionate, who are quote-unquote go-getters, who maybe are very witty and quick-witted. These people also may be prone to anger and criticism, uh, prone to fevers even, or like... um, yeah i'll stop there uh and then people who are more vata dominant they may be creative people uh, people who problem solve pretty easily who uh, maybe also are easily ungrounded or unsettled um, who maybe often have either headaches or digestive issues so there is a dominant energy within all of us maybe even two dominant energies that kind of and all of these energies govern as you as I'm sure you've heard me talk about our physiology our physical characteristics our likes and our dislikes our personality traits it governs everything and it's really important to understand what your energetic dominance is and how to live in balance with that because the you know the pace of our day our responsibilities, the hardships we face, the stress, as well as the energy of the season can cause us to be out of balance, to live out of balance and therefore then be at ill at ease, right? Disease as in like not at ease or develop diseases, right? Conditions that are unwell. And so it's really important to, to understand your components, what your characteristics are. And this is something that I work with one-on-one clients on identifying um, because knowing that helps us to really hone in on the practices that are beneficial for you, um, how to balance, how to recognize when you're not in balance, how to maintain balance, um, living in with nature in terms of an Ayurvedic, Lifestyle also is living in tune with the natural rhythms of the day, thinking like sun and moon cycles and thinking along the lines of how the energy of morning is different from midday, which is also different from the evening time. Um, Having a well-timed schedule with intentional actions to create that harmony and then feeding your senses and engaging in hobbies. And this also means too that, you know, understanding, as I said, how the season affects you, Honoring your needs, both in terms of energy and, you know, how your energetic nature is, as well as the desires you have. And also, and most importantly, living in alignment with yourself um, as best that you can with tools to support you. But not just for coping, but for thriving in balance. Because oftentimes, I mean, I can't. I can only speak for myself and and people who I speak to, clients and things like that. I don't know about you, but I know that there are many people out there who are feeling like they are, are just hanging on by a thread, that they are flying by the seat of their pants when it comes to to self care, their wellness, their well being. They don't have the the bandwidth or the capacity or the resources to actively Um, support themselves the way they want to. So it's important to figure out how you can, right? Now let's talk about daily rhythm because I love to talk about the ways that you can start to build these practices in a way that is sustainable. And remember, slow and steady wins the race, small starts, right? Now, when it comes to a daily rhythm, the purpose of this is to, you know, because the body, it, it, it's full of rhythms, right? You have a waking rhythm, you have a sleep rhythm. There, there is a also a process to all of the um, different cycles and, and processes that your body goes through. And, and there's a, you know, this daily rhythm kind of functions like, you know, music does. Right When you you hear the rhythm of the music, that's what you move to, that's what you tap your foot to or nod your head to. And it's soothing in a way. And so what happens is when you have a rhythm for your day, it's something that you can begin to rely on. That way when stuff goes out of whack, and so some people will say, but Steph, if I'm in a routine that is so rigid, then what happens when things you know go awry? Well, the, the thing about Ayurveda is, is is it gives a foundation. But it's, it also is flexible. So that way, if you end up having a late lunch, you can know how to get yourself back on track for dinner. Everything else doesn't then uh, fly out the window just because of one bump or even one massive bump. You have the foundation to get yourself back on track that day, the next day, a week from now, a month from now. You don't always have to start from scratch again. And so in terms of the daily rhythm, you've probably heard me talk about this before. That's um, waking at or by six o'clock in the morning with the sun, uh, using that kind of transition period from the um, early morning hours where things are kind of mobile, allowing that energy to kind of propel you out of bed and get started. Um with uh, you know some self-love uh, practices and morning ritual practices and allowing yourself time and space, whether that is three minutes or 30 minutes or somewhere in between of self-love rituals. Um, and a, a morning routine is such an important part of your daily rhythm. It sets the to- tone for the day and also helps you to ground into yourself. So, that way, if you are go, go, going through the day, you have a practice of grounding yourself to come back to the next day. And also, typically, whatever good we do for ourselves, whatever supportive stuff we do for ourselves, we tend to do more supportive things. We tend to build on that. It tends to not just be a one and done situation, right? Because it feels good. So, we want to do more of that for ourselves. And so, the morning may be a great time for you to do dry brushing or oil massage. It may be, it is a wonderful time to drink warm water or room temperature water. Um, doing breath work. If it's a cool morning because we're in springtime, then it might be a warming breath. When it starts to get uh, warmer, it may be a cooling breath. You can move your body through um, yoga asana or exercise exercise. Uh, and maybe even do nausea oil within the nose and that is um, you know when you take that herbed oil within the, within the nose nostrils to um, lubricate them and act as a little bit of a barrier for the spring irritants. And what's really important about your morning routine is notice how you're feeling. You know dominant cultures want culture wants us to do the same thing every single day in the name of consistency. but the reality is, You may wake up tomorrow and not want to journal. You may not want to exercise. You may not want to, um, you know, do whatever it is that you had planned. And so either you can force yourself, you know, and that might not harm you in any way. Or you can decide to adjust things. Maybe it's a shorter workout. Maybe it's a different workout. Maybe you, you know, you alter something in some way, you know, by time or uh, focus, right? And just do things a little bit differently. Maybe you decide you're going to do it another point of the day and decide to do something else that feels a little bit more soothing, uplifting, or spacious, depending on what it is that you need. Right. Um, The daily rhythm may also include you eating breakfast between seven and eight a.m. You know, working on projects that require endurance of your mind between six and ten a.m. Using that kapha energy to support you. Uh, You might have a snack between nine and ten a.m. And then your greatest productivity is going to be between ten and two because of the fact that that's when pitta energy is highest. So the bulk of your work is going to happen during that time usually. And you might be like, huh. This kind of goes against American culture and it does, right? Like, because we just try to go with all in, out intensity no matter what part of the day it is. But the reality is using the energy of the day because the energy out in nature goes through a cycle um, throughout the day. And so tapping into that is really important. Lunch is the, um, going to be between 12 and 1, A snack maybe between 2 and 3, and then creative projects tackling problems between 2 and 6 p.m. using the vata energy to support you there. You might have dinner between 5.30 and 7, and then start your evening wind-down rituals. Um, you may exercise during that time, you may start to prep for the next day, and um, you know, somewhere between the hours of 6 and 10 p.m., you know, stepping away from work stuff, and then asleep for the springtime, somewhere between 11 p.m. and 12 a.m. And so I'm curious, you know, as we pause here, what is coming up for you that you're like, hmm, this is a shift that might be supportive for me this spring. Um, You know, I've been noticing that I really, you know, I've been hearing from myself that I really need this particular action, Maybe this is an invitation to do it. Another really supportive thing that you can do for yourself as you live in tune with your nature is the practice of strengthening your digestive power, which is another um, Ayurvedic guiding principle. And that really focuses on not just ensuring that you are digesting food, but digesting experiences, um, that you are allowing yourself to limit the amount of inflammation that occurs within your body, thus promoting more ease and softness, right? well-being a feeling of being well and a lot of this centers on pausing throughout the day slowing the pace just a little bit softening that intensity right like that you know fist-clenching intensity that we have like sometimes not we i shouldn't say like that sometimes is present maybe not for you always um that maintaining that go 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 capitalism white supremacy culture mentality right So infusing self-love acts throughout the day, intentionally pausing throughout the day, um, and also maybe even adjusting your meals so that your biggest meal of the day is lunchtime versus the American, typical American uh, culture practice of having a a bigger dinner. Maybe you skip lunch altogether, and so even just having a meal at lunchtime is going to be a big deal for you. So these are ways where you can ensure that by the time it's you know as you you eat the meals during the you know these designated time periods you're allowing space for digestion you're allowing to be yourself to be fully digested before the next meal you are also if you're eating dinner between 5:30 and 7 most nights you're allowing yourself to be fully digested by the time you go to bed between 11 and 12 during the spring, 10 o'clock at night in some other parts of the year. Um, And that's really important because your body goes through really important processing, digestive, um, cell regeneration, cell rejuvenation processes during the night that if you're trying to digest food at the same time, it kind of interrupts all that. And so strengthening your digestive fire um, around the ability to let the systems do their work within you, uninterrupted, uninhibited, um, and also just softening that intensity, which allows you to not over rev the engine, is going to be really important. Now, my friend, I'm wondering, you know, what's coming up for you in this reflection, in this teaching? Have you noticed in the you know conversation around living into with nature and strengthening your digestive power? You know, are you noticing some calls that your being is making? Maybe they're not new ones. Maybe it's something that has been being called upon you, but maybe you were ignoring it. Maybe you're noticing some asks, some shifts, some alerts from your being. And maybe begin to wonder how often you're bypassing or gaslighting yourself. And then I encourage you to spend some time considering, excuse me, how will you move forward now with awareness, intention, compassion, and grace while amplifying self-love? Even further or more uncomfortable inquiry, do you believe how you want to feel is possible? Do you feel resourced to start or continue this journey you're on for your self-care and well-being? what if you didn't have to figure it all out or do it all on your own? Because we can often feel like we are by ourselves. Um, I know I do. And I know other people who I've worked with, you know, people who have been in space with me have often said that too. And I don't know if you know this about me, but not too long ago, I felt like I was drowning in burnout, in grief in unhealed trauma and overwhelm with trying and failing to keep up with society's systems. But the Difference maker for me that really changed my life. And I hate saying that phrase, changed my life, because it sounds like, it sounds coercive. It sounds fake. But honestly, centering self-love practices that brought me back to myself, that honored my needs, my needs, my bandwidth and my capacity have completely changed the way I show up in life, the way I connect with others, the way I enjoy my life and the impact that I have. But this process right, of centering self-love, of coming back to myself, this was a process and it came from a really, like the lowest and hardest time of my life. I think I've probably shared on multiple platforms, it's on my website on the about page. In 2019, I left my full-time job to save my sanity and because I also felt a very deep calling to use my gifts in a different way. At that time, I had been battling grief um, over the loss of a loved one unexpectedly and, un- and tragically for about a year uh, or so, two years up until that point. And prior to that, prior to losing that loved one, I was so unwell in every day, in every way and every day from working a demanding job in a toxic environment. And my bandwidth was stretched stretched so thin with two young kids in a society that you know doesn't give parents enough space and time to adjust to the newness of having kids or recovery time for birthing parents, and don't get me talk- started on the cost of st- childcare, on top of you know the standards for you being a partner, especially if you identify as being a wife who might be cis and um and uh, a um a assigned uh, female at birth. You know, like just all of the crushing responsibilities. I was really struggling before I left my job. And with all of that, but I also realized after that, that a big part of the issue was that I was having in term of, term of, terms of my bandwidth was all the years of unprocessed trauma from discrimination based on my skin color and the gender I was assigned at birth and that I was still experiencing. All of that came to a head. My container was full having my kids, the state of my working environment, losing my loved ones so suddenly, there was zero capacity to hold all of that. And so all of the advice that like time heals and motherhood is tough, all that bullshit was not helping. And I couldn't understand why. I felt like I was completely alone because no one else was talking about what I was experiencing day in and day out. And so finally I found professionals that didn't dismiss me. I went back to my yoga practice, not just practicing asana, pranayama, and meditation on a regular basis, you know, and that looked different every day, but also tuning back into myself of using these practices as a way to amplify what my body was saying of centering that conversation and beginning to center these practices that I had learned in my Ayurveda trainings to begin the process of healing, to begin the process of, and it was a slow journey and I'm still on it, right? And I needed the space and time to, to heal when I wasn't trying to survive everything else in the last couple of years, I entered into spaces that center social justice. And I learned so I've learned so much from people like Tristan Katz, and Michelle Cassandra Johnson, and realizing how I had actually been gaslighting myself and bypassing myself so much in order to cope. And as I unpacked all of this, as I unpacked all of this, I was like, holy shit, if I don't realize how I am gaslighting myself, how I'm bypassing myself, how I am upholding the systems that are keeping me unwell, how many other people must not be doing that? How many other people must not be aware of how they are gaslighting themselves and upholding the systems? How many people are out there working their ass off at home, at work, in their communities, always on, always connected, always supporting, always aiming for for perfection, working harder than they actually need to, pushing through sickness, feelings of unwell and burnout, burnout. Piecing together self-care when they can, hanging on till the next opportunity comes for them to care for themselves, but it's not working because this way of life pushes you a further away from being resource-connected and happy and leaves you with very little for yourself and then also upholds the very systems that are designed to fail you and that you are trying to dismantle in your everyday life of being a disruptor, right? We know that the world we live in right now is so hard and we cannot keep bypassing ourselves. We cannot keep gaslighting ourselves because we will continue to be drained. So my friend, I created the Holistic Self-Care Collective as an act of disruption in the fitness and wellness industry. This mentorship program centers personalized self-care coaching as the foundation of the program, not a diet plan, not a workout plan. It centers what you're experiencing, your energetic needs, and how you want to feel as well as your lifestyle, bandwidth, and capacity. And as as an Ayurvedic yoga specialist, I'm trained to understand your individual needs To help you create a routine of intentional lifestyle practices that align with your needs and help you achieve the mental, emotional, physical, and energetic well-being that you desire. We start with a personalized self-care plan. We work together over the course of 12 weeks to identify practices for you. We identify old and limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And work through mindset, sh- mindset shifts to sustain you on your journey. We meet one-on-one and you also have access to email coaching and all of the support of the collective, which is, oh my gosh, live stream classes weekly, recorded practices, uh, community gatherings if you want them. My friend, you can find out more about this program at stephgalante.com collective and the link is in the show notes as well. I created this place because it was the place I so desperately needed and I figured I couldn't be the only person. And so I hope you'll check it out and please reach out with any questions. Until next time, my friend, live in tune with your nature, strengthen your digestive power by maybe slowing down and pausing a little bit more. Reflect on those questions I asked, right? And keep reflecting on them. And don't be afraid if you're not not getting some answers right away, or maybe you don't know what to do with the, with the answers that are coming, right? Just sit with it. Give yourself space around it. And until next time, my friend, please be kind to yourself just the way you would to those who are most precious to you, whether that's a human, an animal baby, or a plant. I would love to hear your thoughts and support, as always, about anything I shared with within this episode so please feel free to reach out and share it with me and if you've been loving the show please share it with your nearest and dearest and leave a review or a rating my friend you are a badass you are enough now go and be your favorite self and be well humaning is a production of steph galante self-care llc the show is produced by me steph galante You can find blog posts of some of the episodes on the episode page at stephgalante.com slash podcast, along with the transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. If you're ready to create more aligned practices for yourself, head to stephgalante.com to learn more about creating a personalized self-care plan within the holistic self-care collective and coaching with me. You are a badass and you are enough. See you next time. Be well.